Church, uh, go ahead and grab your Bibles. And uh, before we open them up to the book of John, I, I, I want you to think back. And, and I don't know if you, you um, remember this musical. But back when I was in high school, I was in choir. And one of the songs we sang was called, You Got Trouble. Now, that song is from the musical called The Music Man. And um, you may or may not recognize that. I remember many years ago uh, in uh, Wasion, they actually did the musical. And it was one of my favorites. They did a great job. This isn't a picture from it. This is something else. But if you remember the movie, it basically, or the musical, is it took place in 1912. And there was this traveling salesman, Professor Harold Hill. And Harold Hill um, arrives in this fic- fictional location, River City, Iowa. He's masquerading as a traveling salesman who is going to sell all these musical instruments to the city along with uniforms, and then he's going to instruct them how to have this band, this marching band. But here's the thing. Once he collects all the money and the uniforms and the instruments arrive, he's going to hop on the next train and leave, never teaching them how to play, and so he's basically going to take the money and run, right? Professor Hill basically does this. He's going to incite fear among the masses. He's going to bring up something that's just going to scare you and, and sort of invite you all into his fear and those troubles. And here, and then I'm going to give you the solution. And that's what he does. He's basically saying this. You have in your city a new pool table. That new pool table is going to draw these young men into sin and all kinds of evil. You need to get rid of that. Or you need to have something for these young men to do. A marching band. A marching band will bring these young men in and it will keep them pure and it will keep them free from that sin and that evil. That was his message. And the song we sang was, You Got Trouble, right here in River City, with a capital T and rhymes with P and stands for pool. And that was the song we sang. So here's the thing as I'm thinking about this. Even today, trouble is everywhere. It's incited by many. And it's more than things that begin with a capital letter P, politics, uh, or other things, right? Uh, but there's all kinds of trouble around us. Then, and it all takes is one message on the news to incite fear. And then suddenly you're, oh no, we got this trouble, we got that trouble. Let me, let me just throw some things your direction. And I know we've done this before, but consider things that are troublesome in your own personal life, your self-life. Personality issues that you struggle with, maybe a mental health issue, maybe making right choices, maybe sin in your life, maybe it's pride in your life. How about trouble with others? Relationship issues. Arguments that you have with other people. Sometimes frustration that you, co-workers, where it might be, there's always relationship disagreements, right? How about circumstances? What troubles do you have there? A flat tire, something breaks down, you fail a test, you don't make the team. How about trouble with finances? We can't pay our bills. Oh, that loan, am I ever going to be able to pay that loan? Oh, prices are rising. How about trouble with health, sickness, surgery, cancer, the flu, or what's most recent, right? The coronavirus. Oh, that's scaring people. There's trouble. How about loss of a loved one, death of a family member, a friend? What trouble are you facing? Is it at work? Work is too hard. It's too long. I can't accomplish this. My boss demands so much of this. I can't get, I can't. Trouble. Trouble. Let me hear you say trouble. One more time, trouble. Oh, we all know what it sounds like, don't we? 
And it comes in all different directions and it hits us on every side. And we have to figure out how to deal with this. And we do in today's scripture. So in your Bibles, turn to John chapter 13. In John chapter 13, verse 11, if you got the, uh, the red Bibles, it's the page numbers there for you on the screen. In John chapter 13, and, and my goal really was to get to the book of John by Easter. And I was on track. I really was. Today's John 14, but I'm only going to get through one verse in John 14 just to give you a heads up. Instead of pounding you with a bunch of things today, I'm just going to give you one thought, one thought only, and just pray that God just sort of sinks that into your heart. But we're going to start in John 13 to sort of get the context for this. John chapter 13, Jesus announces that he's leaving, that he's going to be betrayed, and that he's going to be denied. So matter of fact, as you look at John chapter 13, verse 11, it says this, For Jesus knew who would betray him. This is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. Remember, he's just washed their feet. They're around the table having the Last Supper. He washes their feet and he says, not all of you are clean, meaning one of you is going to betray me. And then we read in verse 21, now Jesus was deeply, what? Troubled. And exclaimed, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. So he tells them again, one of you is going to betray me. Judas gets up and leaves the table and nobody's putting two and two together here, right? Then we read in John chapter 13, verse 38, Jesus answered, die for me. Now, Peter and Jesus are having this discussion. And Peter's like, oh, I'll die for you, Jesus. I'll go wherever you go. And Jesus is like, die for me? I tell you the truth, Peter. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. In these scriptures in John 13, to get this context, to help us understand, Jesus says this, I'm about ready to leave. One of you is going to betray me. One of you is going to deny me. There's all kinds of trouble going on here in John chapter 13. And then so in John chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus says this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Jesus addresses the trouble. Hey, we've got, we've got trouble right here in Jerusalem City, Right? we got all kinds of trouble, and I want to talk to you about it. That's what a good coach does, right? A good coach looks at his team and says, you're going to face an opponent, and that opponent is going to try to have all these schemes and tactics to defeat you. So as a coach, I want to prepare my team for a trap. If you dribble that basketball at the floor and you get to half court, they're going to trap you, right? That's what a coach will do. That's what a good boss will do. Listen, you might have these situations that come up at work. I want to prepare you as your boss so you're ready to handle this, whatever comes your way. This is what Jesus does here. He goes, listen, you've got trouble. I want to prepare you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust in me. Jesus knows that we're going to have all kinds of traps and situations in our life because here's the deal. If you're in here and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you've got an opponent. His name is Satan. He will try to trap you and hurt you and defeat you. And Jesus warns us. Matter of fact, a couple places in Scripture, Luke chapter 21, verse 34, it says this. Watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware like a what? A trap. There's a trap out there for worldly things. There's a trap out there or a snare. Snare, basically, you catch the animal so you can get its pelt, get its skin, maybe, and trade it off or sell it. 
There's another snare out there to reject God's word. There's a snare out there of riches. In 1 Timothy 6, 9, it says this, But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are what? Trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. See, the most godly of us in here, and again, a scale 1 to 10, 1 not so godly, 10 very godly. If all of us in this room were like 9s and 10s, here's the thing. None of us are immune to the traps of Satan. None of us are immune to the trouble that he brings our way. So we need to be aware and be alert and expect, you know what, trouble will come our way. Are you ready for trouble? I mean, the disciples... I don't know if they were ready for trouble. Maybe that's why Jesus said, let's pause for a moment and talk about trouble. See, the disciples, they left everything. Think about this. For three years, they traveled with Jesus. They left their full-time jobs. If you were a little boy and your dad was a fisherman, you were probably going to be a fisherman. So you trained with your dad to be a fisherman. And that's what some of these disciples were. A couple of them were fishermen. But they left their jobs, their income. They left home. They left family, their spouse. They left a warm meal. They left a comfortable bed to walk with Jesus, to follow Jesus. They put everything in their life into Jesus. And Jesus says what? Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm leaving now. What's it like when somebody you know, somebody you love says, I'm leaving? Where does that leave you? Feeling a little troubled probably, right? For some of you, you've had people walk out of your life and it hurts and you don't know what to do. But you do know this, you know what trouble is. The disciples knew trouble and that's why Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. Trust God, trust me. Now before I go any further in this sermon, I want want to point out two things here. First of all, understand who this sermon is for. When you read scripture, you have to understand the context of the scripture. Is this verse specifically for me? Was it for a cultural situation? Uh, This message here, he's talking to the disciples. He's talking to believers. There are times when you read scripture and, and you look at it and there are things that theoretically apply to all but experientially only apply to some. In this scripture here, we're talking to the believers of Jesus Christ. He's talking to those who, who follow him. And a command is going to be given and a promise is going to be made. Here's the second thing about this sermon here, and that is this. We all deal with problems. We all have troubles. Now, when someone shares their troubles with you, be careful because I'm guilty of this, okay? But be careful not to minimize their troubles. Oh, I've got this going on. I'm like, that's not so bad. Be careful in doing that. Again, spoken experience. Be careful also not to, when somebody starts sharing their troubles with you, oh, well, that happened to you? You ought to know when this happened to me. And you, you, you got to match their trouble with your trouble. Guilty of that too, right? Instead of all that, maybe Romans 12, 15 is a better out where it says to mourn with those who mourn. Listen to them. What is the trouble you're facing? Listen to that. Listen to them without having to compare, without having to um, maximize it or minimize it. Because here's the thing. For that person that's talking to you, that's sharing their trouble with you, that trouble is real. That pain for them is real. Even if they tend to over-exaggerate, even if everything about their identity is trouble, even if they're like, oh, here they call again, they're going to tell them about their trouble. Even if that's the case, it's still real for them. 
And sometimes that's hard because it's like, oh, I know that it's, it's going to be a negative conversation. Listen to them. Pray for them. Understand this. The cause of our pain and the cause of our trouble is real. Okay? But this is very important. But the cause to not be troubled is real and greater. That is huge. See, we need to be real about the pain, but we need to be real about God's promises and God's presence and God's uh, power. We need to be real about all that. Because sometimes like, oh, trouble is real. Yes, yes, yes. But the solution to all those troubles is even bigger and even more real. And we forget that. And we take to make trouble. We make trouble big and God small. And we need to make trouble a little bit small and make God big. Jesus in John chapter 14, one says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In other words, when you face trouble, here's what we're going to do. It's really simple. Trust in God. That's it. You're going to place your faith in God. You're just going to trust him. All right. That's the sermon. You good with that? Everybody got that? We good to go? And some of you are like, yeah, it's not that easy, is it? First thing we see at God is this. He can be trusted. Jesus says, hey, you trust God? Well, yeah, we trust God. And trust me, Jesus says, because I am God. So when we read the stories of Jesus and the words of Jesus and his promises, and it's like, you, if you trust God, you've got to trust Jesus. And you're going to trust Jesus. Trust is everything about him. Not just something's everything. It's sort of like this. It's like trusting a, 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 a bomb uh, disposal technician. Okay. So that bomb disposal technician, their job is basically, okay, I'm going to identify this as an explosive. I am now going to defuse this explosive, and I know how to do it. Now, I've got somebody defusing a bomb, right? And they're like, Rex, I want you to stand right next to me. I'm good back here, okay? You go ahead and defuse that bomb, right? But here's the thing. If I really trust him and his ability to defuse that bomb, I should be able to stand right next to him with my hand on his shoulder like, you got this. Good job. I like Good work. Yeah, cut that wire. Cut that wire. Yeah, right? Cut the right one. Um, you can see that happening, right? But here's the thing. If I'm trusting that guy who's defusing that bomb, let's spirit, put this into a spiritual picture now. God wants to come into our troubles and says, I want to defuse the trouble that's going on in your life. You trust me? Absolutely, God, I trust you. Please cut the right wire because the trouble in my life is very painful right now, Right? That's the kind of picture I want you to have. That we can trust him. So my question is, do you trust him? If this was God leaning over your life right now, trying to cut the right wire to defuse the bomb in your life, the trouble in your life, do you trust him? Only you can answer that, right? Let me ask you this, and we're going to have a little bit of fun here, okay? Raise your hand if you have faith. Okay, good. Most hands went up, not all hands, because some of you just like don't participate. You're all going to be participating in a second. Okay. But here's the thing. All of you in this room, I'm going to tell you right now, all of you in this room, because you might have a conversation with somebody like, oh, I'm, I'm not a person of faith. Yes, you. every person on this planet is a person of faith. Let me explain. Parents, you send your kids to school believing what? You have faith that they are going to get an education, that they're going to be safe, Right? Now, you might have a little, a little worry going on, but you still, if you didn't believe in your school, they would be home right now, right? That's one area of faith. You trust your car to start, right? Many of you got up this morning, you didn't think about it. You just got in your car and started up. You had faith it would start. Faith, right? Some of you, uh, I don't know if you ever parachuted before. Not me, okay? 
That's where my faith gets really thin, okay? Um, but whoever packs your parachute, you trust them. You put faith in them, right? Uh, Frank and Jones, I'm that go to this church. They're here first service. They go, they go um, scuba diving all the time. They were just scuba diving with manatee last week. And it's like, you trust the person who puts the oxygen in those tanks, right? That they got the right mixture. You, you are always, we're always trusting people. You go to a restaurant, you order food. You're trusting, you've put faith in the one waitress or waiter to get the right order, two, for the cook to do things correctly, and three, for it to be edible and not kill you, right? None of you, like, go back into the kitchen and watch. I'm like, yep, yep, no, flip it now. No, now, yes, okay. None of us do that. We just sit out there and we talk, and then the food gets brought to us, and we eat, and, like, we don't even question it. Why? Because we have faith, right? We use faith in so many different ways. Here's a good one. Go to the hospital. You're laying on the bed. you got that gown on, and now you're on the table. And the surgeon comes in with scalpel, right? That's faith. Trusting the doctor, put a knife in you to do this, whatever surgery he's going to do. That's faith. Now, as a parent, and I was thinking of this, especially you as parents, uh, Brandon Kelly, for you guys, you have faith that you're going to do everything you can, at least you want to present to your kids, that they can trust you. You'll, you'll, you'll cover every corner of the house. You'll cover every outlet. With, you know, make sure they don't put their fingers in there. And you don't want them to run into the edge of a corner of a table when they start walking. But, you know, sometimes we just can't protect everything. But your kids are going to trust you to protect the best they can. And even if they do fall and slip, here's the awesome thing about parents. You're going to be there when they do have trouble to pick them up, right? It's the same way God works. And we've got to trust God to be like that heavenly parent, that he's going to do what he can, but we're still going to have trouble. And when we have trouble, he will be there for us. Do me a favor. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand. Nobody's exempt from this. It's like, oh, I said during those three songs, that was enough. No, stand up. Everybody standing up. Yep, yep, I'm sorry. Some of you are like, oh, bones are creaking. Okay, everybody's up. Everybody's up. Okay, good. All right, take a look around. Now have a seat. Have a seat. Thank you. Thank you for It's not Simon Says. You can go ahead and have a seat. You're not going to. We did that. Some of you, some of you stayed standing because you're like, you didn't, Simon didn't say. We're not playing that game. Okay. All right, we did that a couple months ago. All right, so here's the deal. Now let me ask you this question again. How many of you in here have faith? Raise your hand. Every hand should be up. You know why? You just displayed faith. You sat down. None of you are like checking the chair. I don't know if it can hold me. I'm going to question this for a second. I'm going to kick it. I'm going to stand on it. You had faith when you walked in here today. You just sat right down in these chairs that they were going to hold you. See, we all have faith. But spiritually speaking now, spiritually speaking, what kind of faith do you have? See, our object of faith is chairs, right? Or the food or the chef, right? But here's what we need to do. We need to make sure our object of faith is God, that we're trusting in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Favorite verse. As a little kid, memorize it, right? Or you know about it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Remember that verse? Do not lean on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. It's an incredible verse. Trust God. Don't trust yourself. Here's the thing. There's a lot of self-helps out there. You've got to believe in yourself. You can do it. Believe in yourself. There's a lot of great pep talk and motivational speakers out there that will tell you you've got to believe in yourself. I get it. I understand that. But here's the thing. If you are the object of faith, you understand how easy you fall, right? And how easy you mess up, right? So how do you place faith in something that's always going to mess up? I'm going to place my faith in somebody who doesn't mess up, somebody who's perfect, and that is God. Scripture tells us, trust in the Lord your God. 
That's where I'm going to put my trust. Trust God. Because here's the thing. What if my plan to do something doesn't work out, right? Because it's like, I'm going to go my way. Well, what if my way isn't the right way? Let me give you two stories. You can go look these up uh, maybe later this week. One is in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 12. Paul's going to go on this journey. He's on a missionary journey. And it's the second one. He's leaving from Antioch. And God says, hey, I want you to take the gospel and go to the Gentiles and share the good news. So he's like, all right. So he's going, I'm going to go to the south, uh, the northeast into Asia Minor. And God says, nope. <laughs> all right. Well, then I'm going to go uh, up north to Bithynia towards Russia. And God says, nope. All right, God, you want me to do something. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this. And you kept saying no and no. And God's like, how about going a different direction? So Paul's third time of trying to take the gospel, he went into a European continent. God's like, yep. See, sometimes when we try to do it our way, God's going to shut the door and shut the door. And he's like, this is what you're supposed to do. Just trust me on this one, right? But what if we trust God and we still face trouble? Because that's going to come up too. It's like, Rex, you said trust God, right? Here's the thing. If we're going to deal with trouble in our life, we need to trust God. But what if I trust God and it doesn't work out? So let me take you to another story. Again, this would be a great story for you to read sometime. Acts chapter 23, Paul's going to Jerusalem. And, and just like God told him to do, go take the gospel, right? Other people were like, don't go to Jerusalem. It's going to be a bad situation. Paul's like, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. So he goes to Jerusalem. And when he gets to Jerusalem, there's a big argument between the religious leaders. And they grab him. They arrest him. They take him into trial. And it's a, it's a big heated argument. And they don't like him. And they throw him in jail. It gets really violent. That night in jail, the Lord speaks to Paul. And he says this to the verse that's on the screen. That night, the Lord appeared to Paul and said, Be encouraged, Paul. Just as you have been a witness to me in Jerusalem, you must preach the good news in Rome as well. So this means that, guess what? I'm going to survive being arrested because God told me that I'm going to Rome to preach the good news, even though I'm in trouble right now, right? Next thing we read in verse, uh, in the very next verse is that there were 40 men plus. Now think about this. Uh, men at West. If you go to West, sometimes we'll have anywhere from 20 to 30 men in there eating and we're sitting around eating. There's 40 plus men sitting around like, we're going to kill Paul. Hey, let's make a vow right now. We are not going to eat anything until Paul's dead. I'm in, I'm in. They all make a vow. So 40 hungry men are not going to eat until Paul's dead. As soon as their stomach growls, they're thinking, oh, I need to kill Paul so I can eat because I made a vow. I can't eat until Paul's dead. This is a serious vow. So what happens next is Paul's little nephew, we don't know how old he is, but again, just a great reminder that whatever age you are, children, God can use you for anything. This little nephew overhears the plot, goes to the Roman officers, tells the Roman officers, Roman officers go to their head guy, and they're like, we need to get Paul out of here. So they get about a couple hundred soldiers armed to the teeth, and they get Paul and they surround him and they march him out of the city and they take him to, wait for it, Rome. Remember what God told him? It's in the verse. I've got a job for you, Paul. I want you to preach the gospel in Rome. I didn't tell you how you were going to get there, but I've got a job for you. See, Paul was in trouble, but God, and he's like, well, do I really trust God right now? Even in the midst of trouble, we can trust God.
right? Trust him. So, what if you end up at, the, at a new job? What if you end up in the hospital? What if you end up at the mechanic and you're like, am I supposed to trust God? Yeah, because maybe at the hospital, at the mechanic, wherever your troubled situation is, maybe God's got something there for you to do. That's part of his plan. Trust him. I know a lot of us are like, the trouble I'm in right now, how is this going to turn out for good? I don't know. God does. That's the amazing thing about God. We can trust him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 again says what? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. The object of my faith is to be God. Not me, not my solutions, but God. To place my faith in God means there needs, here, there needs to be a personal relationship with God. So for some of us, we're like, oh, I want to trust God, but how do I do that? Well, let me ask this. How's your personal relationship with God? Because if you don't have a personal relationship with God, it's hard to trust him. Because will you trust a stranger? Probably not. Will you trust your best friend? Absolutely. See how important it is to have a great relationship with God? The closer you are to him, the more you're going to trust him. Don Cousins is a pastor, said this, a personal faith in a personal God brings personal encouragement. So here's the deal. A couple weeks ago when I was on sabbatical, it was an opportunity for me to build my personal relationship with the God of this universe. So 10 days, 10 trails, all by myself for the most part, with a journal, a Bible, and my headphones, my music. I was getting quiet with God, getting alone with God to build my relationship with God. And so as much as I read the Bible and I pray, I had my songs too. And these songs drew me in into that relationship with God. In, in my hikes, I had a song for like every moment. You know why? Because God's a part of every moment of my life. When things are good, when things are a struggle, when there's trouble, when I need some motivation, I go to God's Word. I know sometimes I talk to kids, it's like, they're really depressed. What do you listen to? Well, I listen to de- depressing music. It's like, why do you listen to depressing music when you're depressed? You need to find some better tunes to listen to, Okay. You want to build your relationship with God so that you can trust him. Like I said, you won't trust a stranger, but you trust the best friend. And if God is a stranger to you, you won't trust him. You've got to learn to trust God. And when you trust God, any trouble that comes your way, you can say, you know what? I got trouble. We all got trouble, right? But you can trust God in those moments. Now, the rest of John 14, we don't even have time to go through it. But if you go through it, I'm, there's like so many things that back up this first verse. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also me. And one after the other. And I think I'm just going to email out this list to you. But we can see and know God. He is with us. He'll never abandon us. We're not an orphan. Jesus lives in us. Um, what else we got up there? Jesus loves us, reveals himself to us. God the Father, Son, and Spirit makes his, his home in us. When you think about these spiritual truths, all of them are found here in that scripture of John 14. And all we got to do is just pause at the first verse, and that should be good enough for now. We'll get more on that later. But here's what I want to do. When, when trouble comes, church, when trouble comes, because it will, and it already has for some of you, trust God. Trust God. I just want you to reflectively think about what troubles you're facing in your life. I want you to take that trouble and give it to God. Just pray right where you're at. Heavenly Father, you know my troubles, but I'm going to name it to you right now. I'm struggling with this. 
Help me through this. I want to trust you. Help me to trust you. Help me to build my relationship. Are you trusting God? Are you trusting God to go before you, to go beside you? I can say I'm not afraid, and there's a lot of times on that trail I was fearful, but I learned not to be afraid. You know why? Because I can trust God. Do you trust God with your troubles right now? Would you stand, please? I want to encourage you right where you're at. Give your troubles to him. Trust God. Build that relationship with him. Heavenly Father, what an amazing God you are that you walk before us. Lord, we can face the waters, the flames, the giants, and all those things are troublesome. And we saw them all the time throughout Scripture. But every time you are a faithful God, you are worthy of trust because you are always victorious. Even in moments when it seemed like things didn't, weren't going well, it didn't look good, you always showed up. You're always there. So God, in our lives, the troubles we face... They can be scary. God, help us not be afraid, but to trust you, to trust you. We love you, Lord. We want to sing to you because you are God worthy of praise. In thy name we pray, amen.